You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity to share fellowship. We honor you for the power of your word. Your word carries the potency to bear fruit. Inherent in itself is the ability to do things beyond human description. Thank you for life. Thank you for light. There's clarity of understanding, clarity of purpose, clarity of thought, and clarity of expression. The word comes in accuracy and precision in the very knowledge of Christ, the exalted one. Amen. All right. So, we started with a theme scripture, 1 Corinthians 15.10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. We spoke to exactly what the grace of God is. It is the finished work of Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. The gift that he gave us, the gift of eternal life. In that gift is the grace of God. In that gift is the ability to transcend beyond the earth and see into the eternal and live the life of the eternal here on earth. Praise God. And it is by this grace we do all that we do. It is God's gift to mankind. And everybody that receives and identifies with his death, burial, and resurrection receives this grace. Hallelujah. I made a distinction as to what happened on the cross and also what happened in the resurrection. On the cross, our debts were canceled. What were the debts? They were the debts of sin. They were canceled. Okay? And they were canceled. But we can go back into debt. All right? But when he actually was buried and he resurrected, he gave us the warranty, the guarantee that we can never be in that position again. We received his nature, his very life, that we can never be in debt to sin. So we have dominion over sin. Praise God. And therefore we have his eternal life in us. Are you understanding me? And this is what we call the grace of God. Say the grace of God. Say this grace is at work, Paul said, in him and through him. And what he means is that he worked with it. He made use of it. He applied it. So the grace is a gift. But when somebody gives you a gift, they give you the gift for a purpose. So you identify the purpose of the gift and you use it as such. So Paul says, the reason the gift of grace was given me, I understood it. And therefore, I used it. How did he use it? He said, I labored with it. Praise God. Say, I labored. 
we have gone into understanding what the labor is. What the labor is. And we saw that he was actually praying more than everybody. He was actually evangelizing more than everybody. He was doing all the, he was giving more than everybody. He was doing everything within which the grace operates more than everybody else was doing it. And he had the audacity to say that I labored more than them, they, they all. Now, who was he referring to? He was referring to his colleagues, the apostles. All right? They were all called for this purpose. But he says, laboring in this purpose, I did it more than they all. I did it more than they all. And we saw the results. We saw the results. So we are still going to go today into the laboring bit. How he labored. We, I mean, we saw all the things that the man was actually in his 30s. Early 30s when he, he got born again. And he used the rest of his life to labor in that grace. Labor in that grace. Praise God. Are you with me at all? Or is not something pleasant for you? It's a privilege. It's a privilege. Say it's a privilege. Say it like you mean it. Say it's a privilege. When you receive the grace of God, you labor in that grace. You labor in it. And it's a joy. Why? Because you understand the value of the grace that has been given you. And you reciprocate it by laboring in it. And laboring with it. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 18. He said, however, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel. I'm reading from the Amplified Classic. In frail human vessels of earth. So divinity is at work in humanity. And he calls it, he calls it the precious treasure. Precious treasure. The grace at work in you is your precious, your most precious treasure. It, it is your very essence. Of life. If you breathe. And this grace is not at work in you. You are existing. You are not living. <laughs> you are existing. You are not living. And he says that. This body. Which has become a falling body. Because of the falling earth. This extraordinary special gift is at work in this frail body. And that is what makes us see the excellency of God in human frailty. So what makes people extraordinary on this earth is when this grace is at work in them.
What makes people live heaven on earth is when this grace is at work in them. People can only become like God on this earth when this grace is at work in them. So he says that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. Can you see that? So we can see the grandeur of God's power at work in frail human beings. We can see the likeness, the image of God proving itself in frail human beings only when this power is at work in them. And he says, how does it show? It shows like the way God showed us in Christ Jesus. Oh, praise God. With the frail human body, he was able to take the foolishness of men. He was able to show to every extent that love of God that men can never show by themselves. That men can never live by themselves. That men can never demonstrate by themselves. You can only do that when that grace is at work in you. And you put it to use. Are you hearing me? That's why he says we are hedged in, pressed on every side. Troubled and oppressed in every way. But not cramped or crushed. Until this grace is at work you will crash. The pressures of life will crash you. The cares of life will crash you. You will be perplexed. You will suffer in, 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 in embarrassment. And watch what he what he says. And unable to find a way out. But not driven to despair. We suffer all that men, mortal men suffer. But we don't break down. We are pursued, persecuted, hard driven. But we are not deserted. We don't stand alone. Because there's power in us that is working through us. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. You cannot be destroyed. Because even in death, you have life. You can be destroyed. You are indestructible. It's not possible. Always carrying about in the body the liability and exposure to the same putting to death. The same putting to death. The same putting to death. 
So he says, my life reveals what Christ suffered on the cross for humanity. Are you here with me? My life reveals what Christ suffered on the cross. Yet, he rose up again the third day. Ah, are you here with me? In other words, it can break on me or from every quarter, but I cannot be broken. It's not possible. It's not. It's not. And can you believe that for all of this he's talking about is not just about himself, but what he's actually looking at is about others. Because Christ did not die for himself. He died for others. So expressing and showcasing the grace of God is not just for you, it's for others. It is others focused. <laughs> say it is others focused. Oh, say like you say, it is others focused. So you see, Paul, in all of these descriptions and expressions of God's grace, is not talking about himself. He is actually saying that I go through all of these things for other people so that they will be saved and they can also grow in Christ and become like me and do so for others. Praise God. Are you hearing me at all? So if I am lacking, Apostle Paul says, I am lacking not because of me. I'm lacking because of others. If I am being beaten, I'm not being beaten because of me. I am being beaten because of others. If I'm being slandered, I'm not being slandered because of me. I am being slandered because of what? Others. My life is like a drink offering. Poured out for others. You see, when you are pouring libation, you pour drink. And the drink has no choice. You are pouring it to the gods. So it is offered. So that's exactly what he says. He says, my life is like a drink that is poured. My life is poured out to God for others. It's, it's a decision I made. Say, it's a decision. Say, decision. That's why he says, always carrying about in the body the liability and exposure to the same, putting to death. That the Lord Jesus suffered. So that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be shown forth by and in our bodies. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. I, we do all of these things because on the last day, on the resurrection day, 
we will see that this glorified body that has been given, purchased already for us, for which we have to wear, will be shown in us and be shown in others. My life no more is my own. I give my life out for others. And I train them to give their lives out for others. So that many will be one for Christ. And on the resurrection day, we shall put on a new body. We are partnering God in his agenda in the earth. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So if I am learning so hard in school, it's because I want to pour out my life to others. If I am making so much money, <laughs> it's because I want to pour my life out to others. You see, for everything, Paul is saying, listen, my whole life is spent out for others. My reason for life is about others. Does it make sense anymore? What this Christianity now has become? But everything that we are seeking is for us. Paul says, that is not labor. Just like the way the mother in the maternity ward spends her life out because of the child. It's not because of the mother. It's because of the child. She is at the point of death. That is how men are born. They are born when others decide to spend their life out for them. It tells you the purpose for life. Life is not just about you. No, that's not Christianity. No, that's not. That's not. That's not. Just to make an impression, you missed it. Just to show that you are somebody, you missed it. Get into another faith, not the Christ. Because the reason he came is because of others. He came to seek and to save the lost. He said, if you're already righteous, then you are fine. He didn't come for you. He came for those who are righteous. If you're already healthy, he said, I didn't come for you. I came for those who are sick. I came to spend my life out for others. It's a life of sacrifice. A life of sacrifice. 11, for we who live are constantly experiencing being handed over to death for Jesus' sake that the resurrection life of Jesus may also be evidence through our flesh which is liable to death. Praise God. So he says thus, everybody say thus. Therefore, oh say therefore. Death is actively at work in us. 
He said, anybody who is laboring together like Apostle Paul laboured, he said, listen to me, death is at work in you. Ah, Paul is Paul saying, we have received eternal life. How can death be working in us? He says, just like Christ died to resurrect. And his resurrection is not just his life, but the life of others. We sow our lives in death so others will live. We sow our lives in death so that others will live. And that's our joyful, listen, it's our joyful, joyful, cheerful choice. Thirteen. Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he had, he had, he had who wrote, I have believed, and therefore I have spoken. We do believe, and therefore we speak. Praise God. We do this by sharing the gospel. We do this by giving our life for the gospel. We believe that men must live again. Men must live again. Men must live again. And through our lives, men will live. Through our sharing of the gospel, men will live. This is our mandate. Necessity is upon us. Woe unto us if we don't do that. Because this is the life of which we have been called. Let others show their wealth. Let others impress. Let others do what they want to do. It is their choice. But we have made a choice. Paul says, for I and the apostles that you see, we labor our hearts out because this is the choice we have made. So you see, when you see Christians envying other Christians because they are showing for their wealth and they are doing other things with their wealth and with their lives, and you sit and you feel like you are a fool, is because you don't know why you have been called. Or if you see unbelievers, and they are showing their wealth, and the world is parading them as the most successful, because there are many things that Christian who labors does. Listen very carefully. And they can actually invest their money in certain ways that can make them billionaires within a year. But that's not their choice. They understand the life for which they have been called. They don't envy. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. Praise God. Assure that he who had raised Christ, raised up, raised up the Lord. Jesus raises us up. Say assured. Oh, say assured. It's not with doubt. It is not a suggestion. It is not a feeling. This is a reality. We are assured. We live in that hope. That we are going to be raised up. And we shall be brought along into his presence. We shall see him face to face. 
For all these things are taking place. Watch for your sake. For your sake. He's speaking to an audience. He said, whatever <laughs> we are doing is for you. 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 Say, is for you. Look at your friend and tell them, all that I'm going through is for you. Ask them whether it is true. For all these things are taking place for your sake. Watch. Everybody read it. So that what? So that what? Are they not there with us? Uh-huh. They are not there. Okay, so that what? The more. Ah, so you didn't bring your Bibles. So read it. So that the more what? Grace. Uh-huh. Divine favor and spiritual blessings extends to more and more people and multiplies through the many. The more thanksgiving may increase and read down to the glory of God. Hallelujah. So when we're talking about the mighty harvest, we're saying that people will demonstrate this kind of life. And as they demonstrate this kind of life, people receive this grace. And more graces are re released. And then they multiply in this grace. And as it is multiplied and we cover the whole earth, there will be many thanksgivings to God for Christ. Are you here with me? Glory to God. Therefore, we do not become discouraged, utterly spiritless, exhausted, and worried out through fear. Hey, through fear. I will speak to this. Through fear. Though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day after, day after, day after, day after, day after the inner man. Say the inner man. So there are things actually you'll be doing as you labor that will affect your body. Yes. Paul at the time had an eye problem. Yes. Pelted him with stones, stones, stones. When he was going to find, uh, he was founding the Galatian church. It is, that's what people said that Paul was sick. And then he. Yes. So he had a body. With eye, saw, and they saw him, and he preached with it for their sake. Say for their sake. Revelations chapter 12, verse 7. What does he say? They love not their lives unto what? Revelations 12. They love not their lives unto death. Unto death. The spirit doesn't die. Do you know that? 
It's the body that dies. Is that not it? Yes. So when he says they love not their lives, what he means that they love not their what? Their bodies. That's what he means. <laughs> ah, they gave their bodies over to what? To death. Because in death, the spirit will move, will live. Ah, are you getting it at all? Yeah. They allowed their body to suffer. Even unto death. And when the spirit can contain the body again, what, the, what would the spirit do? It will go. It will go. Watch what he says. They consider all of these things. He said, for our light. Say light. All of this suffering, they consider what? Light. Mm-hmm. Momentary what? Affliction. Watch. this. Look at how he interprets it. This slight distress of the passing hour. Why? Because we have a destination. The passing hour. This is transient. It will transcend us into a certain place. Hey, are you getting the point? It will transcend us into a place. We, this is, we are just passing through. We are just passing through. And the body we have is a body that is temporary. It won't last. So it is actually taking us into a certain permanent body. Which is called the glorified body. Praise God. And then we will receive our reward. Say our reward. Say my reward. Say it like you say my reward. It's ever more and more abundantly preparing. Can you see that? Preparing and what? And producing and what? Achieving for us what? So can you see light? Can you see weight? Can you see light? Can you see weight? Are they opposite? Ah, are they opposite? They are opposite. What we are going through is light. What we shall receive is waiting. <laughs> Say the glory of my life is weightier than all that I'm laboring for others. Glory. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. The weight of glory beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations. Listen, you can think about it. Your mind can't comprehend it. What you will receive, we have a clue, but we can't grasp it. Are you here with me? We know how things are going to turn out, but the description of it, we can't calculate it. Our minds can't grasp it. <laughs> if you see, look at this. It's, it's very nice. Oh. Yesterday when they put it on, I said, where? It's so beautiful. But listen to me. What we are doing here produces eternal light. Can you imagine? Eternal light. Living in eternal light and compare this. 
Paul said, this is light. The glory is weightier. Are you hearing me at all? Are you hearing me at all? So when you see they do these awards in Dubai, and you look at the beauty, you look at the lights, and that is what makes everything extraordinary and beautiful. And we're living in a body that transcends these temporary lights. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? It's not a place. It's a state. Where you live in a state of eternal lights. When we say heaven is a place, it's confined. It's not a place. Forget about that. My book of Bible stories taught you that. It, it, when you say place, it means that it's confined. It's a state. You become that. And you live that. And it's without boundaries. Surpassing all comparisons, all calculations, a vast and transcendent glory and blessedness. Watch, never to cease. It's a state. Never to cease. You stay in, you dwell. 